Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. What we're talking about in a, is in Romans 4, 17. God told Abraham, I, I've made you a father of many nations. And when you looked at Abraham's body, when you looked at his setting, there's just no way this could come to pass in the natural. That's why God waited till he's 90. <laughs> He didn't tell him you're going to become the father of many nations until he's 90. Why? Because he wanted to show everybody no man's ability could do this. Only God could do this. So God gave Abraham something to believe. He gave him a word. He says, I'm going to, I have made you the father of many nations. And it says in Romans four that Abraham believed according to what was spoken. He believed what God said. That's what the faith, the the job of faith is, is just believe what God says. It's not the job of faith to make it come to pass. It's the job of faith to believe what God says and God will make it come to pass. Amen. And so what we again see in Romans 4, 17, uh, God had said, I made you a father of many nations. And then verse 18 says, uh, who again, Abraham against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that, which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. He could have, if he wanted to, but he made a choice. He, he chose not to consider what did not agree with what God said. He considered not his own body now dead or that was unable to produce a child. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So we were saying that that one of the keys to Abraham's success is he learned this spiritual divine skill. He learned to consider not. He did not put his attention. He did not think about what he did not have to fulfill. That's God's part. Let God bring, let God do his part. My part and our part is to believe what God says. That's the total job of faith. What did God say? And believe that. And so he held to what God said. Not only did, uh, not only did Abraham have to not pay attention to his own body. But it said he, he also did not consider the, wife, the body of his wife, Sarah, who was unable to produce a child. If you're not going to pay attention to things that want your attention, just so you can hold to God's word in your own life, there are things that surround your life that try to get you off what God said. Faith just, I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I'm holding to what God says. You also can't pay attention to what's going around other people's lives either. Don't look at someone else's failure in life and dismiss yourself from victory. Amen. You don't know everything connected with somebody else. And the temptation, because the thoughts will come, well, they pray more than you. They've been saved longer than you. They know the word of God better than you. And they didn't receive their answer. They didn't receive their healing. They didn't receive their provision. Uh, You have to learn if you're going to have strong faith that you don't consider and put your attention on what is not your business. 
whether or not they received is between them and God. That's none of my business. And the enemy would love to try to get you to answer what you cannot answer because he'll weaken your faith if he can get it on the wrong thing. Amen. Now, wrong thoughts will come to all of us. You can't stop wrong thoughts from coming. You can't stop things trying to pull your attention away. But what you can stop is whether you entertain those thoughts. Amen. As one minister said, uh, you can't stop the birds from flying around your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. That means that you can't stop them from coming, but you can stop whether or not they're going to roost on you or not. Amen. Hallelujah. So how, when wrong thoughts come that challenge what we're believing God for, what do we have to do? Number one, answer it with what God said. No doubt the thoughts would have come to Abraham. You're too old to father a child. And it says he believed according to what was spoken. What does that mean? He answered it. He believed what God said. No, God said he has already made me the father of many nations. So when wrong thoughts come, don't just put up with them and try to outrun them and outthink them. Answer them. That's how you stop their movement from circling around your head and troubling your life. Amen. Whenever the devil threatens you with your body's not getting better, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. You answer it. Himself took my infirmities. Jesus took my infirmities and he bare my sicknesses. And then you get your attention on that. Strong faith comes from having your attention also on the right thing. Yes. And Abraham, he fulfilled what God said to him because it was fulfilled in his life, rather, because he learned to consider not what he ought not consider. Amen. Brother Hagen made these statements, and I want us to listen to what he said about this phrase, consider not. These words, consider not, are blessed words. They are an unfailing refuge from the fiery darts of the enemy. A heavenly atmosphere where no germ or disease can survive for the fraction of a second when we consider not. In other words, the devil can't move without you, getting, if, without you giving him your attention. He'll show up, but if he can't get your cooperation, he can't work what he wants to work. So it's a refuge to you to not give him your attention. Don't give him your cooperation. Don't believe a word he says. Amen. And then Brother Hagen went on and said this. Do not accord to the physical symptoms a passing thought. Refuse to take them into your calculations. If you consider your body paying attention to your symptoms, that's why the symptoms persist. As long as you consider them, they will persist. What's that mean? As long as you think about it, as long as it gets your attention, as long as it gets recognition from you, it's an open door. Amen. Consider the word and answer with the word. Amen. Then some are waiting for the enemy to leave them alone so that they can be peaceful. They're just wanting, if you could just pray, Pastor Nancy, and you know, I, the devil's just bombarding me. These thoughts are bombarding me. I can't get the devil to leave you alone anymore. I get him to leave me alone. But what I can do is learn to ignore him when he shows up. And that's what my help to 
congregation members is to, is to teach you how to consider not. If we're troubled by some wrong thought, it's because, not because the devil said it to us, it's because we're considering it. If we're troubled by anything, a measure of us is considering and believing what is being said and threatened to us. Amen. The devil will tell you, I'm going to kill you early. Just laugh at him. He says, you're going to lose your house. Laugh at him. Say, nope, too late. God already told me the outcome. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And the devil says, you're going to die young. Oh, too bad. Too bad. God already told me the outcome with long life. With long life will I satisfy you. Too bad. Too late. You're too late. Now see, the devil will say things after you know what God already said, just to see if he can get you to change what you're holding to. The key is know what God said and hold to it. But it feels so true. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter how true what the enemy suggests to you feels. It will feel true, but that doesn't make it true. Feelings are not truth. The word of God is the truth. We hold to the truth. We hold to what God said, not to what we feel. Amen. So some are waiting for the devil to leave them alone so they can be peaceful. That's not victory. That's not victory. Victory is not waiting for the enemy to leave you alone. Victory is for you to be totally unaffected by him, even though he's present. Not even giving him any consideration. And this is where people that are going through depression, uh, why fear comes and bombards certain thoughts into their mind. I tell you, the devil's mean. He's harsh. He's mean. He will bombard them. Our victory is to not entertain it, not turn those thoughts over, not consider them, but to instead fill our thoughts and our mouth with what God said. Depression comes from an undisciplined thought life. Listen, I've been there and you have to learn how to discipline your thoughts when the devil is bombarding your mind. Every one of us have to learn that. And it's not that you're bad if that's happening. It's just that we have to become skillful. The devil cannot gain entrance with those who are skillful. Amen. Amen. So when we're troubled in a certain arena, now we can know what arena we're to target so that we become more skillful in that arena. We're going to have to practice regarding those arenas that try to trouble us. What? Holding to the word in the face of every situation. Amen. I love Psalms 23 verse five. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What does that mean? God has already laid the spread out. He's already revealed to us what he has provided for us. And he didn't hide it somewhere. He laid it on the full table. He's not working sly under the table. He just, he just laid it all out on the table. Why? So you can see clearly what belongs to you and then you can partake of it. If you wanted to, you could leave food laying out on your table all day long. And just every time you walk by, just pick up some of it. Isn't that right? Just take some off. Why? Because it's laying out there. It's available. God laid everything out available. It's on the table. The table of God's word. 
His word spreads out before us, showing us everything that he has made available. So it says he's prepared the table for us. Our job is to stay at what he prepared. Amen. Stay at the table. Quit being occupied with the enemies around the table. Now, this isn't talking about heaven because there's no enemies in heaven around that table. This is talking about on the earth. He prepared the table of his word spread open for us to see clearly what belongs to us. And he says, stay at the table. What's that mean? Stay at the word. Keep your mind on the word. Keep your thoughts on the word. Keep Keep your speech on the word. That's how you stay at the table. When you get your thoughts on troubling things, you leave the table. Now notice this, it says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So when the enemy is opposing you, the enemy's present all the time because he's in this world. You're not going to get him out of this world till the time comes for him to be cast out. So in the, in the presence of it, don't, don't be impressed with him. Don't be odd. Oh, the devil said what? Oh God. He said what? You have to leave the table to turn around and pay attention to the, to the enemies. Stay at the table. Stay at the table. Stay at the table. Learn this. Devil, God's already prepared a table before me. His word his, is the spread of the wealth of God's supply for my life. I'm staying focused on that. I'm talking about that. That's what my attention is on. Now, devil, if you want to stay in this room, you're welcome to watch me eat my victory. You're welcome. Watch me eat off the table of God's provision. Watch me eat off the table of God's health. Watch me eat off the table of peace. Just watch me. Amen. If the devil's going to be present, give him something good to watch. not the good thing to be occupied with. The table of God's word is the good thing to be occupied with. Amen. And the thing is, the devil's not at the table. You are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the good thing is, know where the table's at. Where's the table? It's the Word. Stay with what the Word says. Amen. Hallelujah. I love the testimony of this woman who, she went to the doctor and they found a lump in her breast. And they scheduled her for an ultrasound. And so she went back for the appointment. And um, in going back for the appointment, they showed her in the x-rays. They were able to show the lump on the screen, on the equipment that the doctor was using. And so the, the doctor turned the screen around to her and said, now on this screen shows the lump. And they said, you can see it here. This is our point of concern. And when she saw it, she said to God, just within herself, she said, oh God, if I only hadn't seen it. Because when she saw it on that screen, it made, her, it made it more real to her. In other words, it gave her something more to overcome. And she said, oh God, if I only hadn't seen it. And thank God. Now see, this is why you need to always keep your spiritual antenna up. Keep yourself in tune with God. Because while she was laying there and gave this uh, 
answer within her. The Holy Ghost gave her the right answer. And the Spirit of God spoke to her and said this, is what you see greater than what I say? That just nails our hide to the wall, doesn't it? It just nails us. Is what you see greater than what he says? Let me say this. Is what you feel greater than what he says? Let me ask you this. Is what you can calculate in your finances greater than what he says? Is what the devil is bombarding your mind with greater than what God says? The greater one is in us. So the spirit of God said to her, is what you see greater than what I say? She saw, she saw where she was missing it. Where was she missing it? Her attention was leaving what God said and going to the natural. We have to constantly check ourselves. Is our attention still on the word? We have to ask ourselves this. Anytime we're faced with something, what does the word say about this? What does the word say about this? We have to do a spiritual checkup, make sure we're tuned up. What does the word say about this? Because that's what we're going to hold to. You need to hold to something to get to the place of victory God's provided. And the word is the only thing that you can hold to that will get you there. So the spirit of God said to her is what you see greater than what I say. Note this statement, and don't forget it. Never believe anything more than what you believe what he said. Amen. Don't believe your body more than what he said. Don't believe the body of someone else more than you believe what he said. Don't believe your checkbook more than what he says. Don't believe the threats that come against your mind and the suggestions that the enemy makes more than you believe what he says. Amen. Amen. So as she was laying on that examination table and the spirit said, is what you see greater than what I say? She recognized where she missed it. She said, forgive me. No, what I see is not greater. What you say is greater. Jesus, you took my infirmities. You bear my sicknesses. And I hold to that in the face of what I see. See, faith doesn't mean everything wrong disappears. Faith means that you know what to hold to when things are still present. You don't change what you believe just because you see something you don't want. Amen. You believed you were healed before that lump showed up. Keep believing that. That's really what faith is. You knew what you were believing before the test came. After the test comes, keeps keeps after the test comes, keep believing that. That's what faith is. Faith doesn't mean things won't show up and challenge you. Faith means I'm not changing what I believe just because something showed up. Amen. So she said, No. She says, What I see is not greater than what I say. And all of a sudden, or what you say. And then all of a sudden, there appeared a circle of light on that screen, on the doctor's equipment, a circle of light. And it just kept closing in and closing in and closing in till it completely circled that lump. Then when it circled, it went, and then the light was gone, the lump was gone, everything was gone. Why? Because she decided what God said was more important than what she saw. 
And when she held to what God said, it changed what she saw. When she held to what God said, it changed what she saw. It'll change what you say. It'll change what you feel. It'll change everything that needs changing in your life. Amen. We may feel the test, but the feeling doesn't mean our faith isn't working. And the feeling doesn't mean the word isn't working. I don't care what I feel. The word's still working. Amen. Just because you can feel something, just because you can see something does not take the power away from the word, the the power of the word to work in our behalf. It's still working. It's not our job to not feel the test because the devil will say, see, since you're feeling it, you're failing. No, 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 no. It's not my job to not feel it. It's my job to not change what I say, regardless of what I feel. It's my job to not change what I believe or am holding to because of what I feel. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I feel. This is what Abraham was doing. He considered not. Then go with me if you would. Well, let me say this. Some people will say this. Pastor, believe with me for a good report. I'm getting ready to go to the doctor. Well, let me just encourage you with this. You already have the good report. What if the doctor doesn't give you a good report? What you going to cho- what you going to choose to believe? You better know that you already have a good report before you go to hear someone else's report. I don't have to believe with you that the doctor will give you a good report. I just know God already gave you the best report. Now it's your job to hold to that report no matter what anybody else says to you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. If we're going to consider not the circumstances, consider not situations, consider not our bodies, consider not when lack tries to show up, what are we going to consider? Well, Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him. If we're going to consider Jesus, that means we're going to consider the word because him and the word are one. Amen. But it also, it also means consider what he did. What did Jesus do when he was ready to be offered up? What did he do? How did he get through this great test he was to face? For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. In other words, do it the way he did it. Because if you don't, you'll get weary and faint in your mind. How did he do it? Well, the word tells us how he did it. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What does that mean for the joy that was set before him? The cross wasn't the joy. What was the joy that was set before him? What was going to come and happen after the cross? On the other side of the cross. What was going to happen? He was going to be raised. First of all, he's going to defeat defeat the enemy. He's going to be raised from the dead, be raised to heaven, sprinkle his blood on the mercy seat, seated at the right hand of father, bring many sons to glory. This is the joy, the outcome 
of what's going to happen on the other side of the cross. This is the joy. And this says, this is what Jesus did for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. This means he didn't focus on the cross. He focused on the joy. He focused on what was the, on the other side of the test. Now, let me tell you this. When the devil sends a test, it's strategic. It's because he sees something more coming for your life. He sees an increase. He sees a promotion. He sees something good. And so he wants to block your entrance into that flow of more. So what does he do? He posts a test there so that you get fixed and get your attention fixed on that test. And then that test will get bigger and bigger and you won't get past it. You've got to look at the other side of the test. What's he trying to hide from me? What is in front of me? When you are tested, you need to ask yourself, what is God getting ready to bring me into? There's some promotion. There's some kind of increase coming. There's some kind of reward getting ready to happen. And the devil wants to block that. And I'm not going to fall into his trap and get my attention on what he's trying to test me with. I'm going to look on the other side of that thing. That's how you get on the other side of a test. Quit looking at it. Jesus said, behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The word tread means step over. He says, so when a test gets in your way, when opposition gets in your way, I authorize you step over it and keep going. Why? Because once you keep going, you get into what the test was trying to block you out of. Now, if you're going to stop at the test and be impressed with what the devil's doing, be awed by it, then he can slow your progress and sometimes can completely stop you from reaching where God was taking you. Our job is to consider not. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands with me. Father, say this with me. Father, I thank you that victory is mine. The word is mine. I hold to the word. Now I speak to those who are watching us and I say there's healing power for you. I say that there's delivering power for you. I say that there's freedom from fear, freedom from oppression, freedom from torment. And I say the word gives you something to hold to. That he whom the son sets free is free indeed. So I say be free in Jesus name. Be healed in Jesus name. Be whole in Jesus name from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And all you have to do is say, I take it. I take it right now. What God has provided for me, I take it. Say that with me. I take it. I take my healing right now. I take my prosperity right now. I take my peace right now. I take my victory right now. God has provided it. I believe it. I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I don't believe anything more than I believe what God says. I hold to what God says, no matter what I see or feel. Hallelujah. 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 We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. 
This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.